Welcome to Badass Talks 2. I'm the Hunter, and uh, we're delighted this evening that we have a very special guest, uh, Florence, uh, short for, uh, goes by Flo. So, uh, welcome, Flo. Thank you so we're much. glad you're here. Thank you, I'm happy and, to uh, be here. And, uh, and we're glad to have you. And, uh, we're going to dive right in. I want us first, you know, we, we, we know that we talked about uh, recovery and, and work you're doing. So let's start with um, some some background backstory. Uh, why don't you tell me about some of um, the disruptive, I can use that term, sure. behaviors that that brought you got you started, uh, brought you into rooms recovery. Let's let's start there. Okay. Well, so I should have been in the rooms of recovery twenty years ago because my most disruptive behaviors took place way before I got to recovery. Um, the behaviors that got me into the rooms most recently were pretty benign. I was drinking two glasses of wine a day and arguing a lot with my wife about sex. What? Yeah. Good wine? Cheap wine? It was a special kind of wine that I was obsessed with. It was like it had these spicy, chili, red hot, red. And like my idea was that if I just drank that particular wine, I would drink less of it because it had a bite to it. So you can't just guzzle that shit. Okay. You have to drink it slow. Now two glasses, a, two glasses a day. You said that's right. Okay. Now sometimes a little more. Okay. And this led to the, the connection between the wine and arguing about sex. What, what, uh, break that down. What did, were you, did the two glasses get you liberated or something? I mean, what was the connection between the, the wine and sex? Lots of connections between alcohol and sex in my mind. But this particular me, wine, and sex here are separate yet together. So. I drank much more and more often prior to the two years of the two glasses of wine. That was my attempt to moderate so that my wine would not be taken from me. Prior to that, it was vodka too. And prior to that, it was, you know, drunken, crazy maniac driving, domestic, like violence and, and property destruction thing. So before I got in the rooms, I was in therapy for a long time. The sex part is that I believed for the entirety of the four years that I was with my wife, dating her, and then into our marriage, two years, that I was owed sex. And that if it wasn't happening, that it was something for me to be very bitter about and to speak up for so as to not be a doormat. The, had you ever been in AA? I had visited okay. AA okay. and I had thought to myself, when I'm ready to give up my alcohol, this is gonna be a lot of fun. And but you didn't actually do twelve step work in AA. That's bummer. I did not. I did go to Coda, 
four years prior. With any of the, the and with AA, CODA, SAA, any of them, beneath the, what's the underlying kind of issues that you, you felt were driving your disruptive kind of addictive behaviors? What, what was driving? What, what, what did you learn? There are layers and layers of what I learned. And so I, I, I hadn't heard of this concept of love addiction until I was in the rooms of CODA. Okay. And a, a book was dropped into my lap, which was non-CODA approved literature by Pia Melody, Facing Love Addiction. And this, these cycles of, of toxic addicted relationships were like, damn, why didn't they ever show me this in grad school? So I knew that was there, but I still got into my next relationship, which was the one with my wife. What's love addiction mean for you? What is just describe what that's like? Break that down for us. Love addiction. What does it look like? What's it? Oh, how's that? How's that manifest itself in your world? Rage, desperation, panic, control, manipulation. Over sex. Over a person. <laughs> so, Damn. sex is a part of it. Sex is a definite part of that. So, the the definition of it of love addiction I would go with is is an addiction to the intensity of infatuation. The romance is not leading to intimacy in in the love as mind. It's just intensity for the sake of it. Romantic fantasy. You make the other person your higher power. You worship them. And sex is part of it. So part of how, how you know that they are going to stay, that they're going to be there, that your reassurance that your fix is going to continue to be there. In relationships, how is that? How is that uh, let's, you were talking about terms of with your wife. Current partner, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. But let's back up in, in terms of other relationships that you've had. How has this been been manifesting itself? What 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 it kind of what are the what are the bodies there? What are, what are you what have you been through with this? How how's it been driving? Well, I would say that the first person I was love addicted to was my mother, and it set set this up. So there's like some codependency enmeshment that starts in a family of origin system that would create this. But I'm, I'm gonna just hold off on that part for a minute. I qualify for a lot of different programs, okay? So I'm gonna say that the, the way that this started to manifest originally was fantasy obsessions okay. about people I was attracted to. And in relationships, As how is that manifest itself in terms of do the relationships, you know, they they're they're you know just mounted high and then they just peter out. What what happens in in, in before you in relationships and, yes. and, well, and does that mean you you know does that mean you go through many partners and then and how is that? Yes. Yeah. 
it does mean many partners because many of them are are running in fear for their lives of you yes yes in one way or another either i'm going to suffocate the hell out of them okay. or um the jealous possession or i'm literally coming after them with my fists or a ski in this one instance but i um there's these two sides to love addiction as conceptualized by pia melody and so you've got love addiction and love avoidance and those people tend to be drawn together into these toxic codependent relationships so i can manifest either side of that and in my heterosexual relationships that i had i was walled off in avoidant and like don't get close to me i'm not going to show you who i really am and i would end up ending that relationship there would be no warfare it was just like ah you're not good enough for me that's a narcissistic flavor to it but then in the i'd get addicted with women and that looks like clingy needy dependency don't leave me i can't tolerate it if you even give me the slightest hint of abandonment and if you do i'm going to get really vindictive and manipulative and i'm going to try to control you and then that would mix with alcohol lead to verbal abuse and on a handful of occasions domestic violence physical assault and in when i was left by my left i say but i actually ended this and it's bizarre i said i i can't do this anymore with my first girlfriend in college i sent her off i said hey why don't you go date that guy who she didn't end up marrying but before uh i let that go from my mind i'm over there like drunkenly demanding that that he come out and fight me for her so just creating dramatic chaotic soap opera fantasies in my mind and then playing them out with people in a delusional way you're in college at the time yes i was is it is that the time in in your so you what you said from having male partners female did that if i can say is that when you came out no okay so you were closeted but at the time you were bisexual and you were perhaps okay 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 you you dated both i did okay in college yes okay not at the same time that, yeah okay right okay you tried to find yourself i was okay when did you decide based on what's going on did, did this addiction mm-hmm. how did that play out in terms of your making a decision coming to make a decision that you are are you, do you still consider yourself bi no i would say i am a lesbian at this okay point. and when did that when did you make that realization and um that was in 2012 my first relationship with a woman was in 2000 and what happened was i <laughs> i was i i recognized the insanity of myself in relationships with women and so then i throw a man in there in between not not literally in that moment I mean that did happen yeah. but there was like there would be 
a relationship with a woman and be all cracked out crazy, like crazy, like trying crack, to kill crack. people, not really actually taking crack, okay, right. feeling <laughs> like I was gonna, like I was, I might as well have been, I was so insane, okay. but no, this one I'm beating, beat, trying to beat people up and, and destroying property and the cops are coming to my house and that kind really? of thing. Yes. Wow. Yes. And then, then I was like, you know what, that was, that was crazy. But then come to think of it, I, then I got, then I was cheating on, uh, okay, I was helping my best friend from college, no, from high school cheat on her husband. And I thought that was all right. Like, let's just take her over from him. Mm. And so that was an in, another insane relationship and that destroyed a friendship, my, a close, close friendship. Wow. And at the end of those two, I was like, fuck this, I'm out. So then I went back to men. And come to find out when I read the Slaw book, that's what some love addicts do. What's that? Men, women, yeah. men, trying to find, like, trying okay. to, like, okay. like right. substituting whiskey and wine. Okay. Some bullshit right there. Okay. Where, so this is after college. Are you I know I'll be going on around my time. That's fine. I'm just trying to, okay, so we're, we're out of college now? In, it, it, when I was 19, I had a relationship with a woman for the first time. A peer? What's that? A yes, peer? yes. Okay. In my sorority house. Mm -hmm. And then my best friend from high school and I had a, a relationship after she left her marriage. Um, and that ended in 2002. And after that, or 2003. After that, I said, no more of these women. Like, they make me crazy. They make me crazy. That's what I said. They make you crazy. They make me okay. crazy. Now I now recognize that sentence doesn't work anymore. But. So um, I was done with that, and I went back to men. And I wasn't crazy with them, but I couldn't feel much anything. And so you're back with men for help for years I had a two-year relationship I lived with a guy talked about getting married but the sex just wasn't good enough for me I did with the sex and so stay there what 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 intensity what energy are you not getting in men you're not is that and well that's what what helped you to really come to realization I started sleeping with my best friend's husband's daughter while I was dating a guy. And I would I I don't really think cheating is You're shitting, right? <laughs> no. And I was trying to sleep with her sister too. It's there. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. They were of age, but okay. my best friends have been married to a man who's thirty years older than her, so his daughters. So you were saying you you were getting at what when you came to realization that oh yeah that was just too crazy like I that I, was too crazy I don't I don't yeah that finally was too crazy I I just I had this I cheating has never been my thing it, in terms of my value system so I was just really living outside of integrity there I would only cheat on men with women or I would help people cheat on their spouses 
had this somehow I had this rule for myself that I won't mm-hmm. I won't cheat on a woman. So I was cheating on I was cheating on some men. Mm-hmm. I cheated on a man with my best friend's husband's daughter while she was drunk. And then I, and I was trying to like sleep with another one of my friends too. So like I was trying to like sleep with my friends, my girlfriends. And I was like, I am destroying my, my friendships. I'm just like a tornado right. through my relationships right. here. And what age are you now? At that time, I was 32. And at that at that point, thirty two, are you solidly lesbian now? When I I finally said, "What I'm doing here is insane," I I I had a moment of clarity of if I, mean, I can choose to be straight or happy. Yeah, and you chose to be happy, and then I came out and announced to the world. Yeah. Else. Yeah, we're just what telling everybody like the barber and everything. Like, hey, cashier. And and how did how well how were you received? How how did that go? Well, I had come out a little bit in the in a bisexual way to many of my friends, mm-hmm. and when I was coming out of that relationship with the property destruction back in college. I was so like in despondent and suicidal that I had I asked my mother to come from California where she was living and stay with me. So she she did, and I forgot what the question was. Um, my question was in terms of really making this decision finally that you're that you're. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So the only person who did not support me was my mother and I, I, I think I would have come out back there in that college point but she just flipped shit and everybody else was pretty cool with it and so I went back in the closet for 10 years and when I came out that time my friends were like great and my my best friend's husband's daughters were like thank god and my uh, mother was like um, well, I've had 10 years to get used to this, so, all right. Did she say? I mean, she made it about her, but yeah. You said that you were suicidal? Oh, yes. Can you talk about it? Well, I wasn't actually, like swallowing pills or buying a gun or or like making a plan I just wanted to die and I did not want to feel my pain anymore and that that time with the first girlfriend heartbreak withdrawal was the most painful thing that I could remember experiencing besides just my childhood shit with my mom it was reminiscent of that I tend to think that having thoughts of suicide is a very normal human thing. But I don't really know people who don't have that unless they're repressing them. But you didn't actually try to do that? No, I did not. You did, uh, had you had depression or was, was that was that a problem? I don't 
understand a world that doesn't involve depression and anxiety. Like I don't I don't ever remember not having a flavor of those two things my whole life. I think it's part of the human condition. That's nice. What ooh, you go back. Does that cause any particular kinds of behaviors on your part because of being depressed or anxious? That. Isn't that if, if, if you can talk about it. Oh, yeah, I'm just racking my head. I mean, I drank more. I picked up cigarettes. I started smoking pot. Um, but, but I tend to use people and... Um, Rage and control and perfectionism for like my drug of choice. In in here, in the midst of everything you kind of laid out, um, professionally, mm-hmm. or in terms of, of were the consequences to this these disruptive behaviors of the girls quality. Did this have an impact on you, your education, your, your employment? I mean, were you were you high and lows in terms of like, this? Like, really should have. But it didn't. I gotta I gotta talk about this one thing that happened. I should have been in jail. I uh, I sent myself marijuana from Texas to Ohio in the mail. That's a federal offense, and I didn't know that. And I was such a dumbass. I sent that envelope, that of pot, to myself with some different people's names on it who used to live at the house I was renting. Mm-hmm. And it ended up getting forwarded to them. Because like a dumbass, I didn't realize what I was doing. Like if you I just put my, Probably, but I was just stupid. I mean, naive as shit. So if I had just put my own name, it would have come to me. But it, it went to these other people and they were like, why is somebody sending us marijuana? So they just call the police and they just come and raid my house. Right. And my girlfriend, the one from high school that I had taken her, her cheek on her husband, she ran off with me to Ohio. I come home, the house is in disarray. The the it looks like some we've either been burglarized or whatever and and she she's nowhere to be found I'm calling her and I can't get a hold of her so of course I'm panicking but then she calls me and tells me she's at the police station and she says just come over here I I can't tell you anything else just come to the police station and so the police had come and turned I did I went to the police station <laughs> and. And I went into a small cubby hole and they and this detective man starts to read me my rights and I was like, No, please stop. Please stop. Like he he'd read me one right and be like, No, please, no, please. And then I'd be, and I was like, Do you know if I can still get my psychologist license if you keep doing this to me? And he had some mercy on me that night. And he walked me on down to the lawyer and uh, he said, Help her out. And they, I paid him enough money, and they dropped me down to a disorderly conduct. But I guess you can pay your way out of this shit. Yeah, it's called it's, justice in America. Okay, there you go. Another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, that is that is maybe he just wasn't having much yeah. was just that money. Yeah. I don't know. Here with that, something you, you talked about is destructive behavior. Mm -hmm. So while you're doing at this this rage, none of that ever watching legal ramifications for did you destroy people? I mean, yes. Yeah, so with my first girlfriend, yeah. right, she's over there shacking up with the guy that I had told her to hey go be with him yeah. to alleviate my guilt. Yeah. And then I got real pissed about it because yeah. yeah, now she's cheating on me in my head. And so I go I get really drunk and I drive over to his house and I'm I'm on the phone and I'm like, you better send him out because I'm gonna kick his ass. Send him out, I'm gonna kick his ass. And she's like, don't do this, Flo. Don't do it. You, you're going to ruin your, your career. You're not going to be able to get to, to grad school. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. You guys, come outside. So when I got there, he wouldn't come out. So he had, there was this ski sitting there by the, the door. And I just, you know, was battle ramming the door. And then that wasn't working. I was doing that for a good seven minutes or so. Nobody was coming out. I really wanted to beat the shit out of somebody, and no one was coming out. So I, I make my way over to the window, and I put my fist through one window, and then I went to the next window, and I put my fist through that one, and that's when I heard, call the police. So I hopped in my car, and I went home, and I got in bed, and I went to sleep. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, there come the cops up in there, and I'm sleepily answering the door. And the cop says, I don't know if you want him or you want her, but stay away from both of them. And he said, if you call him and tell him you will pay for the damages, he will not press charges. So I call him, I'm sorry, I will pay for the damages. $900 later, no problem. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. We're going to kind of transition here. Sounds good. The, it's sometimes said that the joy is in the journey. Is there something in, in what you laid out, what you described, what you shared with us thus far, that helps us to better understand who you are, love? What do you want us to get from? What's the one thing you want us to understand about who you are based on what you share? Well, from a, from a young child, I knew that I was living with someone who wasn't wasn't right, and I didn't know what was wrong with that person. But I loved her. And from a young age, I knew I gotta I gotta figure this out. I gotta understand what is wrong with this person that I love. And so I had a dream from a young child to become a therapist and understand what was wrong with this person I loved. On a, and my whole life has been a journey of recovery. But I couldn't find the answers in the ther therapy grad school. I couldn't find it there. It wasn't until I went to the rooms that I was able to 
get a sense of what was really going on. So I've, I've always been grateful for, for growing up with a mentally ill, dry, drunk mother, workaholic mother, even though it sucked and this insanity has ensued from there, but it gives my life meaning and purpose. It's, it's always been the, the goal was to use it just for something good. So let's talk about superheroes. Okay. As, as, as a, uh, Monty Python would say, apropos nothing. <laughs> let's, let's talk about superheroes. So you're a superhero. What would your superpower be? Pretending you're a superhero. So what's your superpower? Bringing people out of delusion? With a bat? With a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 have, I, I like to tell people what they, who they are and why they're like that. But I would say that I have a superpower of empathy, even though that does not go with what I just said. I am a very good read of people. Okay. They can be used manipulatively or to positively influence. Okay. Um, I think I'm pretty good at perspective taking, which also can be used for good or evil, in my humble opinion. I would like to fight crime for the underdog. So like Wonder Woman, the most recent movie was very appealing to me. Okay. As a child, I dressed up as She-Ra for two Halloweens in a row. And I don't really know what her superpower is. I had to look up today what does kryptonite mean. Really? Yes. So I tend to intellectualize everything. I gotta have a concept to go on. So I was like, I don't think I understand kryptonite. What does it mean? To for, for you. Well, the Wikipedia said that it means a person or an object that takes away someone's power. You you remember Superman movies? I do, but you I I remember it, but I was discussing this with my wife earlier and she brought it to my attention that it didn't seem that I knew what it meant because I had written down that my kryptonite was betrayal, feelings of exclusion, and she said, now those are what the kryptonite would do to you. 
A sexy woman is a kryptonite for me. How's that? Takes away my power. Like, so if, if my power is... I don't quite know what my power is. I don't know whether I'm using it for good or evil half the time. Okay, well, stay where we're at. How does a sex woman take away your power? What does is, what is seeing a sex woman do? Well, let me be clear. Not all sexy women do this to me. Okay. My wife does this to me. I do this to myself thing. with my wife. Okay. You'd think it was a good thing until you are love and sex addicted to your wife. So a sexy wife who isn't as much into love and sex as you are is just this this wanting, this this craving and this demanding, this losing all sense of my integrity. Like I might use my power that I developed in childhood of my raging to like get my needs met and like say what I need and not be a doormat. Get the help I need. But it doesn't have the effect that you know, it doesn't it doesn't work. It's like any addiction. It doesn't work. It works in the short term. The uh, with your partner yeah. and you're saying that sexy woman that, that your your passion your desire uh, can be overbearing is that what you're saying it, it, it can take it out and and can become a turn off oh yeah okay very intense i've been told i get that uh-huh. the power side if you go back to the point based on what you're saying so you you do you see yourself as a uh, a fighter for the underdog? Is that is your your and and you clearly talked about you're very there's rage and there's aggressive aggressive if not downright violence. So, yes. So you can not, you so you can you can you can go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, yes. We're pretty clear about that. Yeah. So 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 you you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, you can be aggressive, yes, and and particularly that which you're passionate about, yes, it, and and that passion can kind of know no bounds, yes. Okay, all right, <laughs> wonderful. Well, yes, okay, that's now it. we get on. That's it. Okay, all right. So so the passionate uh, pursuer of, of justice, yes. Okay, that. Oh, okay, all right. That's it. All right. Now that's that's the power. Thank you. Okay. The 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 the, the other side of that though is. Um, it sounds like and I'm not trying to put words in my mouth, but it but it sounds Use like the, the other. I'm out. <laughs> oh, I don't the the is it correct that um, am I understanding correctly that um, but you can go you can be go too far with it, be overbearing and possessive and and and, and demanding demanding and. And and that's that's addictive. I mean, it can be it, can, it, it literally okay. It can get very dark. Hold on. What's the darkest? What what is that driven you to? What's the, what's the what's the darkest point 
If somebody was looking at a film of my life, they'd probably have a different answer to this. Because I've been more violent and destructive in the past. But the darkest point that I'd consider would be the most recent and the last episode of physical violence between me and my wife that took place about two months into my alcohol sobriety, maybe three months, when I had thought, oh, I'm sober now. Oh, I'm getting help. We're getting help. But no, there's this whole withdrawal period and this depression and this, how am I going to live now without my baby blanket, pacifier, bottle. And so one trigger word from her and the TV's on the ground and, and I'm, and I've grabbed her and this is the person that I'm supposed to love. Um, been a lot of cuts and bruises and tears and serious statements of this has to end this marriage has to end I don't think she's 11 years old. Where, where is it now? Where is what now? Where is it, where are you all now? Have you got down? Yeah. Okay. So what's, down the valley, what's, what's the mountain? What's the mountain right now? I'm on the mountain now. Okay. What's that? The recognition that I can't control other people. I really believed I could make you think something. You feel it? I really believed I could make everybody think and feel and change their behavior. I also believed all the stuff I have seen in the media for my whole life about. sex and what a marriage is supposed to be like and how a lesbian relationship can live up to a heterosexual one. Um, you believe that to the nine-year-old? I don't. You don't believe that a lesbian relationship Oh no. I believe now that I was living in the delusion. This keeps going back to a delusion, like addiction to a delusion. Addiction to some fantasy. So so you don't have a delusion anymore? I don't have that delusion anymore and that's free. And and you're free of what delusion? What is what is the delusion you're free of? 
I've been freed of the delusion that intimacy is sex, that sex is love. I've been freed of the delusion that um, life is about, the goal of life is to have a good time and feel good. Maybe life is about having a good time, but it isn't about feeling good. Um, I've been freed of the delusion that marriage would make everything better or that uh, I can control another person, that I can make a certain outcome happen. Um, I've been free of the delusion that I need other people, that I need somebody to make it better. What is free of Some good education from a sponsor of mine. The big book of AA. Um, Pia Melody. The experience of sharing and belonging with other people struggling with the same thing. Um, and a relationship with my higher power. Now that you've been free of these illusions, do you feel that back to being superpower? Yes. That you said you wanted to, to try to get under that. Is does this your freedom empower you to help free others from their demons? That's the hope. That's definitely the hope. I got some things standing in my way, but that's the hope. Let me push you further. Couldn't be more than hope could also be a gift. That precisely because you've been where you've been, have been free yourself, that it's a gift to you to be able to help free others. Absolutely. I think people sometimes live their whole life looking for some kind of meaning and purpose. I've been handed it. Agreed. You were, we were talking about um, the hope that you have and, and, and the change what I call your the difference you want to make to the world. Um, to do what you and what I heard is just restated. Uh, I heard you say that you want to uh, as you overcome your delusions, you want to help others overcome your delusions, your prisons. self-imposed otherwise mm -hmm. for people, the boxes that people find themselves in. And I, without some, without getting out, some helping to break it, break out, they'll remain there. So, to do that, 
What about your knees change? Some combination of wave, fuller surrender to my higher power, and a confidence increase because although I am in the process of dropping the delusion of being able to control other people, the fear of looking stupid and messing up, making a mistake, getting in a situation with my work with people where there's too many of them in a room and I can't control them that fear blocks me from what I know how to do. I can do on a, on a larger scale. And just like, instead of one at a time, I can even do just a group of six. But I, I stay locked in my little cage still myself in a belief I won't be able to handle it. You just expressed uh, Believe in higher power. So you believe in higher power. I do. On good days. I could, I could, most good, good days. Okay. Well, most days. We can have a lot of questions about higher power. Here, here's my question for you about higher power. Since you believe in higher power, does your higher power have a sense of humor? Absolutely. Say more. <laughs> well. I'm glad you laughed when you said that. <laughs> See, even just right this minute, I have something in my head. It's terribly blasphemous. Say it, shit. <laughs> so, I recently went to a workshop for love addiction at the Meadows, and I met Pia Melody, and I came back. And I told someone that meeting Pia Melody was like touching the hem of Jesus. And this person laughed and got out a picture on her phone and had it, a Jesus jumping off the crucifix in a bungee jump. And she said, I have been wanting to show someone this all week long. And I have not been able to find anybody I could show this to for fear that they would uh, feel very uncomfortable as if I were blaspheming. Don't they do Jesus bungee jumps? They, the, she said, I believe that Jesus would think this was funny because my God has a sense of humor. And I said, hell yeah. It's a, in a, hey, the concept—it sounds funny to me. How does how uh, do you do you do you? Uh -huh. so, so you believe your God has? I I just can't see it any other way. I mean this 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 hallucination, this shared hallucination we're doing here is is fucking hilarious. Okay. So so your 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 God has a sense of humor. Yeah. That giving you this, do you find it not somewhat humorous? Um, I, 
strange irony mm. uh, that uh, with your uh, admitted Passion on the one hand for uh, an interest in, in, in helping free people from, from illusions uh, and their addictions. That this, the flip side of the coin is your own brokenness in your own story. You know, does that not seem to you to be a strange irony or someone to show that, that, that your higher power, perhaps mm. in some kind of instance of humor, that, mm. that you're the vessel that's that's mm. that has been given this this desire, this passion, dream to do these things. He also is using the same vessel that's broken and quirky and, and sex and love addict as alcohol. Does that not seem like a, a Strange irony, or is it? You, I guess. I mean, what do you think? I, seems kind of strange to me. That's uh, kind of humorous to me. But what do you think? You see the humor in that? I do. I do. I love a paradox. I, uh, That's a good word. Like uh, I'm getting hung up on the humor in the word too, and like the things that would make me laugh. Versus the things that I, I'm tickled by. I wouldn't maybe necessarily laugh out loud about it. What, what did you find funny about the, the bunch of diseased mushrooms? What, what about that was funny? What, what was funny to me was I like that going out on a limb. I like that the rebel. I like uh, I don't I don't like the rigidity of a of a religious dogma. The 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 Jesus that I would like to uh, talk to would be able to laugh at himself in the same way that that I can laugh at the insanity of how. My my passionate raging yeah. and demands for sex yeah. could could be transformed or in other times utilized to maybe help a rape victim become yeah. more empowered. So there's an irony to that, and if I'm if I'm stuck in my rigid I can't say this or, or God's gonna strike me. I can't make this bungee bungee cord Jesus joke. I can't have a cheese doodle Jesus. If I have a cheese doodle Jesus and I eat it, I'm going to hell. No. <laughs> but I but I might have used to. I might have used to. I might have used to. You're smiling right now. Yes, I am. And that, which is good. What? <laughs> what do you find funny? That John's leaping right now with the cheese doodle. Jesus might have pushed him over the edge. 
Um, also, just that, that, like it just seems very difficult for me to get out of my seriousness. I'm very often accused of not being fun enough. But I was also elected class clown in my high school senior year, and that was more important to me than my straight A's. Also, just the, 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 just the difficulty staying coherent. This is, this is a part of what I worry about, like okay. what, what I would like to, what I'm gonna need, what I believe I'm gonna need in order to do the work I wanna do is to be able to stay with the thought and be a little bit lighter with it, not so damn perfectionistic. Okay. You're, you're, again, you're smiling, which is good. Why is that? I'm enjoying this moment. Good. I'm liking looking okay. at your face. Oh, good. Thank you. Appreciate that. What, what the the humor, the sense of humor. Again, I'm staying. I'm just staying with that. That's good. Yeah. You not you you not believe that this higher power, your higher power wants you to be happy, wants you to be, in terms of doing what you want to do, the dream that you have, that I want you to have some fun with it, is that not? I do, I do. Um, okay. I do, Stay I do, I do. No but. I mean, there's a hundred but. I mean, no, there's there's no but to that. I think it's a, um. The the rooms that I'm finding most useful these days, are is the adult children of alcoholics slash dysfunctional family room. That's a twelve step meeting. And one of the, one of the qualifying statements to be in that meeting, is or no maybe it's a promise of that is. We're gonna learn how to have fun. So and enjoy life. Yeah. So I'm well, I'm gonna go to that meeting. Right. <laughs> I wanna go to that meeting. Yeah. So so I might be uh, almost done with my twelve steps at AA, yeah. but I'm just starting this other one where I'm gonna learn how to how to have fun and some enjoy life. I wanna be happy, joyous, and free. God, I, but you know, I get real intellectual. Like, what does that even mean? Well, let me know what those meetings are. I want to go. I'll let you go. I'll yeah. let you know. I'll let you know. Well, look, I've enjoyed our time. Me too. Right? Thank you for for your sharing. My pleasure. Um, on a on a light note, mm -hmm. uh, aside from being empowering, this is this is a lot of fun, and I hope you not only good about sharing and, and, and sharing your story we, we thank you for that but hope also it's been uh, some fun for you in terms of our time this evening it has been awesome i have forgotten to mention this llama on my shirt what's the what's the llama on your shirt this llama on my shirt is carrying some gifts here okay. and he is wearing a scarf connection just connecting with you around the llama. <laughs> oh, wow. Just sort of as, a, as an ending piece. Ending piece. The llama will be bearing gifts. Yes. As you come bearing gifts this evening. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Amen.